This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the war in Ukraine has changed so many aspects of lives in that country, many of them permanently. Education is one side of the story, and it's a pleasure to be joining right now by Sofia Opatska, who is one of the founders of the UV Business School with the Ukrainian Catholic University. She, like millions of her fellow country people, has had to escape her homeland, hopefully on a temporary basis and not permanent, and she joins us today from Denmark. Sofia, great to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So how are you doing right now with everything that's gone on over the last several weeks? Uh, well, that's a difficult question, I must, uh, I must say. You know, I'm, I'm saying that uh, we are okay because I'm safe uh, together with my children on one way. But at the same time, you know, our hearts and souls, they are, they are not here where we are. We are happy to be where we are, but at the same time, we are really unhappy to be where we are because we would like to be back to Ukraine. What is the state of the school and the university at this point? Yeah. Um, so uh, when on February 24th, the war started, uh, in the beginning, there was it was a huge shock, you know, though there were a lot of signs that it might come still. I think people in many ways did not believe that, that that's possible. So there was first... Uh, a quick shock then there was a lot of adrenaline and people started to get engaged into very very many activities and to many uh, humanitarian initiatives and uh, to support the army and everyone in uh, who needed help in ukraine then after two weeks we we went back to teaching uh, we are teaching right now online uh, to our students we also uh, take a close look who of our students were is uh, physically and geographically and try to support them. So I would say that university is much more than a typical uni university at the moment. It's, um, it's a place where we teach. It's a place where we reflect. It's a place, uh, it's a logistic center for uh, humanitarian aid and for bringing goods to Ukraine and from Lviv, taking them further to east of Ukraine. Um, plenty of initiatives by students. Um, this is this is we also we actually also give space to some other organizations who need who need a place to work and uh, and to, to to do what they do like uh, like some medical organizations or um, organizations which uh, help with different initiatives. So so as I say, we are much more than just a university at the moment. But it has to be very important for you and and from what I read. Uh, the business school was something that you were part of the founding of uh, a few years ago to be able to keep this going at at some level while all of this conflict is going on in your homeland. Uh, yes, I'm I'm. I'm one of founders of the business school and um, we are actually executive type of the school. So all of our alumni and all of our students, they are um, having managerial jobs. They they are business people. Um, I think the, the sense of community is very important and sense of trust was something which was very important, you know, when war started because uh, people started to get together and do things together, which probably they would not normally do in their everyday life. Uh, business had to take huge initiative on very uh, many logistical issues because logistics in first two weeks was, uh, was quite a disaster, I would say, in the beginning. Um, also, uh, many of them, 
are also making sure that their businesses are keep running yeah. because you know it's not only about military uh, whom we have to support we have to keep uh, supporting the economics of the country, uh, which um, is really is not in very good shape at the moment. Right. And, and the, it's interesting in watching the video and the, and the TV reports coming f- uh, from Ukraine that it, the country itself, obviously a large country, but there are it, it almost feels like there's two separate countries at this point. The part that is obviously under the military conflict and the war right now that is destroyed, where, as you were talking about, so many businesses have been devastated. And then in the western part of the country, which at times looks like it is just normal life that is going on. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, well, obviously, East is very devastated and destroyed and human lives are destroyed there. Uh, in the beginning, actually, we have a lot of our alumni who worked in the East of Ukraine. So in the beginning, we were also uh, trying to keep in touch as much as possible because some of them were staying there um, like for the first almost whole month and they have been even trying you know, to keep running their businesses from shelters there. Um, uh, also the West, uh, on one hand, yes, it's kind of normal life, but at the same time, you know, people so- on some days, people go to the shelter like six times per day. So yeah. for example, I can have a class and then at one moment we have to stop because everybody has to move to the shelter. So there's also, there are a lot of signs of war in, in the West of Ukraine as well, I would say. This obviously is coming at a time where also the, the, the globe had been dealing with the pandemic over the last two years as well. Uh, what was the state of Ukraine during that last two year period before this, obviously this conflict took place in dealing with everything that was going on around the coronavirus and trying to keep school going and classes going, but also keeping businesses going as well? Well, it was not easy two years, but I think uh, they taught us a lot. Um, and I think actually right now uh, we are much more resilient also in a way because we learned a lot of things over the last two years. So though, for example, right now we don't have uh, full scale, scale classes for executive students or uh, for executive MBA students uh, at the moment, we uh, we have uh, many other short activities for them to stay together, to keep their learning and reflection, to keep this commitment. And I know that if uh, if previous two years uh, did not take place, probably they would be much more resistant, you know, to uh, to these new forms and methods of learning. Um, after those two years, people are much more open that no matter in how bad situation it is, we should learn from that. And our task and our goal as a school to support them in this learning and reflection journey right now. What, what is the, the, the biggest challenge that you see moving forward for a lot of those businesses that have been devastated over the last few weeks? Because I can imagine that I, I would think that many portions that have been hurt significantly in the last few weeks, it's going to be years before a lot of those businesses are going to be able to get back running close to 100%. Well, they are, this is exactly true. Well, there are different estimates, you know, how uh, how big is the disaster for the economy and how ruined the, the economy is. Uh, there are numbers between 500 billion and a trillion of dollars already. 
Um, I actually heard the trillion dollar estimate uh, already like two weeks ago, and a lot of things happened uh, over the last two weeks. Um, uh, businesses have to be very open to all changes. So they have to be open to change geographical location. They have to be open to change completely their uh, business model, what they sell, to whom they sell, how they sell, and what's their value proposition. So I think in a ways, many businesses uh, shrinked and uh, really started to focus on the, on what's the most important. Uh, they changed a lot um, their structures. They became uh, much more agile and uh, that's much more focused and that's the only way to survive. Um, it's true that uh, a lot of businesses uh, did not relocate on time. And unfortunately, if you talk, for example, um, about some production, it's very difficult to do it now. You know, uh, for example, for IT sector, people are still working, people are still, um, you know, providing services. They can do it no matter where they are. And, and in reality, they really sometimes work from the shelter. But for production, you cannot easily do that. I didn't realize until I had done an interview a couple of weeks ago that the IT sector has become a very vital piece to the business community in Ukraine over the last few years. Exactly. It, I think it's uh, one of, uh, it's actually one of uh, major sectors for Ukrainian economy. Um, uh, I would say that uh, right now there's huge focus on IT and uh, also agriculture because we are really vital in that as well. And because uh, IT sector did a lot of changes after 2014, when the war started, you know, in the east of Ukraine, a lot of them, they opened offices abroad. Uh, they were ready to relocate people right now. And they are actually providing all the services at the moment. And they are bringing money to the budget of, of Ukraine as well. So you mentioned agriculture. And as we're taping this interview in mid-April, I, I think it's right about the time where the planting needs to occur to be able to have a reasonably normal agricultural season for production there in Ukraine, correct? Exactly. And um, I think after two weeks of war, after two weeks of huge volunteering and initiatives, you know, there was a clear message from the government and from the president that those who are doing business should go back to business. Those who are studying have to go back to studying and and agricultural sector should be uh, doing what they have to do in April. Of course, it's a challenging time because uh, east of Ukraine is not safe um, um, in many ways. Um, well, the center of Ukraine, uh, people are actually doing what they have to do for the agriculture. And, you know, I have uh, some friends, they are owners of agricultural company. When they posted the picture on the Facebook uh, with the tractors and, you know, machines doing the, uh, the spring work, you know, on the field, I think it was huge how many people liked. And, and I think it's, it's also a very different type of attitude in the country to people who work on the ground right now, because probably before we did not pay much attention to that. But, but now, you know, people are really uh, supporting those who are doing their job. So you mentioned about the, the, ro the role of IT before, and, and there is also the role of tech and, and social media. Talk for a moment about the importance of social media in the scope of this conflict that's been going on and how important it has been in examples like you gave with the agriculture sector, but just to be able to 
to pass around the information that's necessary from people to people, from company to company, as, as you've gone through the last month or so? Well, there was uh, social media was actively used. Uh, and for example, with my students, they were actively using it to boycott Russian, uh, to boycott companies who were still operating uh, in Russia and uh, they were slow with suspending their operations. There was a huge movement in social media, you know, to push companies to leave Russia. And uh, I think uh, actually the, the hashtag boycott Russia uh, became at certain point even more popular than the stand with Ukraine hashtag. So um, um, I think it's huge. Uh, of course, it's still kind of, as we say, probably it's still a bubble, but still, you know, um, the pressure which um, uh, people, students, young people, um, uh, business leaders, um, other people were just able to put on companies, I think, and, uh, and um, on their future possible reputation, I think it played an important role. I know some companies unfortunately closed uh, for commenting and for uh, accepting comments, uh, their uh, social media. And that was also a position with and people and uh, people who were doing that they, they they realized and they were also giving the messages okay some companies are kind of open but in reality they are not open to listen and to and to accept a position of people in ukraine sophia thank you very much for your time we wish you all the best there in denmark and and hopefully uh, you will be able to get back to ukraine sometime in the very near future. I know it's, it's very important to you and, and so many people uh, in, in Europe right now. Thank you very much. Thank you for your support. And we truly hope that victory will be sooner than later because we really need it. And I think uh, it's very important to understand that Ukrainians are not fighting for themselves. We are fighting for very important uh, values and attitudes of Western society, freedom, uh, human dignity, uh, private property, uh, other things which are often, unfortunately, are taken for granted in the West. And this is exactly what we are fighting for. Off that, let me ask you one question before I let you go, is the fact that, you know, in the scope of all of this devastation, uh, this is also going to be, I, I think, to a degree, a, a time of learning as you move forward from this, of understanding all that has gone on and the business impacts and all of the companies, as you said, that have boycotted uh, Russia over this period of time, that this will, uh, and you hate that it has to occur this way, but this will be a, a learning experience moving forward. Exactly. And I think a lot of Ukrainians, despite the whole devastation and despite the losses which we uh, having as a country, we hope that not only we learn, but also the much bigger world, global world learns from that. Yeah. Sophia, thank you. All the best to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sophia Opatska, who is uh, one of the founders of the Lviv Business School with the Ukrainian Catholic University. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.